0: Oh, hello, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. I am recording in Hawaii so we don't have any video content to go along with this podcast episode today, but it is magical. It is such a good episode. If you have been around for a while, you probably heard one of my first episodes with Casey Crow Taylor. Casey, I first met her at one of my workshops a few years ago, one of the first ones I ever hosted, and then I had the privilege and honor of coaching her for a little while after that, and she is amazing. She is a photographer, turned business owner, coach. She is phenomenal. You'll want to follow her for sure. But in this episode, we're diving into human design, intuitive marketing, just leaning into a business that really feels like you, which you know I love, and that is what we are all about here. So I honestly am listening back to this episode and taking so many notes. Casey had such great wisdom to share. So I hope you will hang on to every word she has to share with you because it is an incredible episode. So it's good to have you guys back and let's get into it. I'm so excited to have you on today. So, I'm just excited to dive into things and like chat a little bit about intuitive marketing and like all this good stuff.
1: Our quick question um are you at all familiar with human design? I, okay.
0: I know what human design is a little bit, but like, I don't know what I am, but okay. I would love to chat about it. If you want to chat about it, because it's one of those things that I'm like, I keep wanting to look into it and a little bit putting it off because I'm intimidated by it for sure.
1: <laughs> okay. Wait, hold on. I'm going to, do you know the time you were born?
0: I do. I'm December 10th, 1995, nine eighteen AM in Provo, Utah.
1: Okay, I'm really curious. I have like a guess.
0: I kind of have a guess too from how little I know about it. So, yes, actually I okay, probably shouldn't even
1: guess. You're a generator. Ooh. And you're also two four, which is I am also two four. <gasps> what is that? Um, mean? Which is basically like so the two four profile is like we need solo time. And we need like social butterfly time. So like, I don't know if you've ever felt like weird about like identifying as an introvert and extrovert. Cause I've always been like, well, I'm kind of really depends on my mood. So that's like, if that, that's the two, four profile. Oh, that makes um, sense. It's See,
0: I'm like a. Tennis. That makes sense. I'm a Sag with a cap rising. And I feel like that goes into it where like, I love to play super hard, but I also love to work really hard. And I feel like it's the same where I like to be around a lot of people but I like have to recharge alone.
1: Yeah. And then I'm like, by no means, like an expert. So like, if you want to dive into this, you should totally do like a reading, but I know like enough and you, it's really interesting to me that you have what's called a defined crown, because I feel like that has probably helped you be such a unique artist because you because that 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 section is so defined you don't absorb as much outer influence you very much have like an inner Influence. Does that make Ooh, sense?
0: I love that. Okay, wait, you
1: have to send me the <laughs> link for this
0: because I'm like, I need to look this up. I'm literally going to include this part in the show, and we'll put it in the show notes, this little section, so people can look theirs up too. Wait, that's so interesting. Okay, so tell me, when did you like start diving into this? Is this something that's kind of been like influencing your business lately? Okay,
1: so you know Kinsey Madsen? Yes, yes, of course, right? the yes. queen. Okay, yes. so so Kinsey is like, I had been so there's another um. Her name, she, her OG blog was the Daybook Blog. Sydney Lian. She okay. started talking about it probably a year ago, and I like looked at my chart. But it, like, without someone helping you through your chart, it literally looks like alien. Like, it looks like an alien sent you like a like a postcard. <laughs> it looks <Amazing>. super crazy. <laughs> yes. So I like knew about it. That's I think that's your chart, or maybe you can put it in again. Um. But so I kind of knew from her and was like, okay, like I'm a manifesting generator. And then I just kind of like consumed random Instagram content. And then in probably November, December, I started diving deeper into it. And I finally booked a reading with Liz Coyles from Align by Design. And it just like, Learning about my design, cause this is like more than horoscopes. This is like literally your unique blueprint and how you're designed to move through life and like the world. So it's totally unique to you. And for me, it just like gave me this, like, I already identified as somebody who gave themselves permission to do things, but it just kind of like gave me permission to like be exactly who I am. And like, almost like, forgive and accept myself in like situations where, like, I was just talking to a friend where I was like, I, like my parents didn't let me quit anything. Like, every sport I tried, even if I was miserable, my parents were like, you committed to it, you have to see it through. And I was just miserable throughout the whole thing, which is like literally a death sentence for a manifesting generator. And so for me, I was just like, well, like, for me, the, like, the conditioning I had there was that, like, I'm too. F- flaky, I'm not consistent and therefore I can't be good at anything. And then so like for for manifesting generators, it's actually like not a good idea to niche. We are not meant to niche, Us many gens. Um generators can niche, projectors can niche, but many gens actually put themselves in a worse position if they are niching down which makes sense because I'm, I, I have always been doing a bunch of different things. Um, and we actually thrive when we have our hands in a couple of different pots. So that was the other thing. Cause like being oh gosh, a photographer like, that, sense. <laughs> that all checks <laughs> out being, yeah. And like, there's so much, and this is kind of like how I started talking about intuitive marketing and being an intuitive business coach is that There is so many people giving advice to small business owners from so many different expertise from so many different perspectives. And I was just like, every single time I read something or like somebody talked about, like, you have to niche to like get started, or you have to find your niche to make a lot of money. It literally made my body go like, oh, like a physical reaction Mm -hmm. to just like, that feels awful. I don't want to have to do that. And I just really wish I had known because I can tell you when I started like fully expressing myself and saying like, I have a podcast and I'm also a motherhood photographer and I'm also a business coach, literally like my business exploded. I love. So it was the opposite for me. It was like going from the niche to fully expressing myself, um, which I also self expression is my sun gate with my, um, in my human design. So like when, and this is funny about, like, being pregnant, too, like, and not being able to announce that I was pregnant was, like, really affecting my mental health because I wasn't able to fully and truly express myself.
0: Yeah, that's, um, like, a huge <laughs>
1: secret to keep.
0: Every time people get pregnant, I'm like, how did you do this? I don't even know how I would keep this a secret for so long. The people that keep it a secret until they're, like, having the baby, like, Kylie Jenner, Indy Blue, my br- I can't even wrap my brain I'm now. like,
1: how? Yeah. I ha- I mean, that was, like kind of a crappy experience last month. Like, first of all, like just like knowing that I, I kind of felt like I was like lying to people. Cause I wasn't telling the whole truth. I don't know, but there was so much about my human design chart that just like basically made me feel validated and kind of like really started this healing of like feeling like I have to show up in this like consistent way feeling like I have to niche, which is like literally against the way that like my soul is designed, that just changed everything for me. And so I'm like pretty expert in like my own chart and knowing like my open and my defined centers. And then with my clients, I have them send me their, their human design charts, just so I know their energy type, because basically the very like first thing to dive into is your energy type, which for you is a generator. So both you and I our authority is our sacral, which is basically like a literal physical God feeling, right? Yes. So, like if you're wanting to make a decision, like for us, and this is another thing that changed my like whole life, was like instead of asking myself like open-ended questions, I instead start asking myself yes or no questions because then I could literally feel either like my body go like uh-uh, or my body go like yes, hell yes, this is it. Um, Ooh, I love that. And- yeah. And it just, it, and also because that's how, because that's how I communicate with myself. Basically, I also started asking my community yes or no questions, which let me just tell you like, I don't often get great open ended responses on like Instagram, for example, but yes or no polls, freaking oh, phenomenal. Mine's the same. As
0: <laughs> yes or no questions. They're like, but we'll show up, says Like, we'll answer these polls.
1: And I think like, obviously it's like easier to answer, I guess, or no question, but also it just like aligns with how we move and we just, we make decisions like through the world. There's manifesting generators and generators make up like, I think 70% of the population or something like that. Don't quote me on this, but they're the majority and then projectors and then reflectors are like 1%. Yeah. So like, that's my very like minimal knowledge of human so you can that. go like so many more layers deep. And I, I'm actually, um, I'm going to do a second reading to go like deeper into my chart now that I feel like I have a good grip on like the first couple of layers deep. Like you also have, you have an open solar plexus, which is like your emotional center. So I don't know if you feel like this, but like when you have an open solar plexus, you can easily absorb other people's emotions. Mm, yeah, that's very accurate. <laughs> like, that's- and so, yeah. and like, it's funny, like I was thinking about it because one of the things I've been practicing is like, okay, is this emotion mine? Or is it somebody who's just around me? Like, can I just release this because it's not mine? Um, like, do I have to like feel this? Like um, for example, like I love my husband, but he gets so frustrated with like people driving. And it literally makes me, I literally absorb it like a sponge and I'm like, well, now I'm frustrated. I'm like, wait, is this mine or is this just his? And I can just, I can just release that emotion and just let him have it.
0: Right. Yeah. I think that's so important. I feel like that bleeds into literally everything, including work, like to just be able to like, let go of things. is so, especially from an educator
1: standpoint is kind of integral. And then the other thing I was thinking about the other day is like I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have like I get like deep withdrawals when like a TV show ends. Oh because my gosh. I'm so emotionally invested <laughs> in I characters. So I'm like so
0: sad. <laughs> Did you ever watch um, Friends from College on Netflix? Yes, that it was canceled. so good. I, I know that like wrecked. Like when I found out it got canceled and the season three, wasn't coming back. I was like, no, that's no, like just no, not allowed. Like figure it out. Netflix. It's got to come back. Like I was so upset. It took me a while. I feel like I'm still recovering a little bit from that getting canceled.
1: That's exactly how I feel about the OA. Did you watch the OA? Oh my gosh. Wait. Yes.
0: I watched the first season, but not anything. I, cause there's a second season, right? Did it get canceled after the second
1: season? Yes, it's so good and I I literally I rewatch it like probably every 6 months cuz the storytelling is so freaking incredible. Um and I just love the characters so much. Um and I just find so much inspiration from all of it and like every time I watch it I'm like literally I get like deep in reddit like threads Wait, about I how I love like, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like I just need to know like can someone just like write a blog about how it ends. Like oh yeah. Like almost like fan
0: fiction. It I don't even care, but just like, give me some sort of wrap up Yeah, That Something. show was insane. I need to rewatch it. Cause it, it is, that was easily, I think one of the most unique pieces of media yeah. I have ever ingested. Like, I just was like, what am I? It's
1: watching? amazing. Yeah. It's so well done. And the sad part is, is like you, I, I know that like, the creators created a three-part series and there are like seeds woven in the first two. And it's just like sitting there just waiting. And we're not you should pitch
0: know. it. You should do it. You should have some hand in bringing it back. I'm going to just like manifest that for oh my you, God, yeah. that you. If I won lottery, the lottery, the first,
1: the first thing I would do is finance the part three of the OA. That would be my first thing.
0: Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I love it. Just like a, tell me goal. how it ends
1: the five-year goal is to bring that way back. I'll finance it. Oh my gosh. I love that.
0: Okay. Well, this was the best intro. I'm like, this was so fun. This (laughs) is way more fun than talking about freaking marketing platforms, but I am super excited because (laughs) I'm like intuitive marketing has just been like on my brain 24 seven for the last couple months, because I, I don't know if like, this is, i w I'd love to know what prompted it for you, because I feel like what happened to me is I just had this moment where I was like, I am so sick of being told that I need to do like 30 different marketing tools. I don't even have enough time. I don't even like half of them.
1: Why am I doing this? Yep. And that is pretty much exactly how it stemmed from like for me, like one of the things that with my coaching clients who come to me, they are like so fried and overwhelmed by everything they hear. They're like, well, this person says I have to have an email list. And this person says I have to, um, show up in Instagram stories every day. And this person says this, and I was just like, Holy crap, we gotta like, how do we like reel this in? Like, and for me, the way I've always talked about Instagram is like, I think Instagram is an amazing marketing tool because I literally love it and I have so much fun using it. And I always have. But like for me with my clients, I'm like, hey, if showing up on Instagram means once a week you post seven images and then you delete it off your phone for the rest of the week. Cool. Let's freaking do that. It's like, it has to feel good. And that's literally the definition of like intuitive is following what feels good for you. And the other thing for me was kind of like, Um, And with human and like tied with human design is like my, what I think my like soul's purpose is, is to show people that you're allowed to do things differently that you don't have to like, for me, especially, I think it was probably around like December. I really tuned in to stopping myself when I said things like I have to, or I should, and that has been like huge because then I can check myself and say like, okay, I haven't posted Instagram in three days. I have to post to Instagram. And it's like, well, do I want to, like, why do yeah. I feel like I have to, who is, who is telling me that I have to Right? Or like when the first time I booked up with private one-to-one clients, I was like, okay, well I'm sold out with my one-to-one clients. I should launch a course. <laughs> oh gosh. And it's like, should I? <laughs> Like, should I want, like, is that like, who is like, where is all this coming from? And so like, it, it just was like that. And I reviewed all of my Instagram content. I, I review my Instagram content quarterly, but I really wanted to go back and look at the entire year of 2020 and say, okay, wait, what Instagram content did really well and really connected with people. So I don't know if you know this, but you can actually filter your insights on Instagram to see like what got the most likes, what got the most comments, mm-hmm. what got the most shares and what got the most saves. So what I did is I looked at all of those things and kind of like put them together and said okay, what is really connecting with people? And all of the like top posts were not pre they like weren't pre-planned posts. They were posts that I wrote in like very real moments. And I posted them with iPhone photos. <laughs> And that's what was connecting with people. And so I was like, okay, like, obviously I have a business. I need to make money. I need to market it. But I also want to leave room to just like follow what feels good. And like, if I have this like moment of inspiration, like I will push a pre-planned post out because the other thing I found is like, when I have a moment of inspiration and I write it down if I wait too long, I lose the connection to it. And it literally doesn't perform as well.
0: Mm. So there
1: is this like kind of divine timing when like some, like certain inspiration strikes. Um, I think there's like, it's different. Like right now I have this like idea that's exploding in my head about like a totally like new one-to-one coaching program that I've never seen done before. And that's still forming. So like, that lives in a Google. That's like a living, breathing, working Google doc right now where I like go in there when I get inspired. But I think it's different when it's like, for example, the Instagram story you did about being awestruck, right. And experiencing awe, like that is like a real time thing where like, if you don't write it in in real time or you don't communicate it in real time, it might not feel as connective later. Yeah. No, I love that.
0: No, I love that. And I think that's one of I think as artists, we get like really hung up. Like, I feel like I've talked to so many people where they're like, I'm a good artist. And like, that's where I really like lay and I'm not really a good business owner. And I feel like we've kind of... I don't know, looked past how important it is to take all these qualities of being an artist, right? Like connecting to our work, feeling emotionally attached to it, like doing things in the moment. And we've taken them out of business when in reality, those factors that like make you an artist are what make you a great business owner. Like people want to connect with things and they want to feel your passion in it more than anything. I was just writing up something before our call about how like, we're sick of like connecting with people. We don't know, like, I don't want to hire someone that I don't know anything about them. And I never see any sort of passion in their social media or their pages. Cause to me, I'm like, wait, but there's other people I could support that I really connect with. And we're kind of like missing out on a huge opportunity when we take our artistry out of how we run our business, even the businessy things like marketing.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think, especially with people who identify more as artists than business people, Um, I like, I think I, like I have a client now who is an incredible florist and what I'm trying to encourage her to do is really allow people into her process because her process is, it's really unique. Um, and I'm just like, people need to like, like this needs to be visible. Like we need to show your process. And I think like there's this balance between having like a little bit of like this protectiveness as an artist, but I, yeah, I agree with you. I think people want to like people buy from people. People don't buy from brands. That's literally <laughs> been scientifically proven with lots and lots of market research. So people want to connect with people. And so if you let them in on your process, even just like the inspiration process, right? Like, um, like she makes these really freaking cool mood boards that like sometimes don't even have flowers on them. Ooh, like it's I very, love it's, that. Yeah. It's just, it's really unique. It's really cool. And I'm just like, we have to show people this process that you have. Cause it's just, it's different. People want different people are attracted to like people who are doing unique things and who can like really talk passionately about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like I, what I find with artists is like, but then everyone's going to know my secrets. And it's like, well, there has to be some kind of confidence in your skill that no one else can do it like you. Um, Right. Like it's, it's just Mm -hmm. like that kind of tricky fine line with being an artist. But for me, 1 million percent, like I feel, especially like, like there's a couple of painters I follow. And if I was going to buy a piece, I'd buy it from the woman who like does the really freaking cool hyperlapses and time lapses and like shows like artwork as she's doing it and explains like that she's stuck. And then the next morning she gets this inspiration and she keeps going. And it's like, that's who people want to buy from. Mm, right? You want yeah. to see the passion and the real like process. And I also kind of think that when you show all of the passion and work that you put into what you do, people will pay more for it. Oh, and 100- they will. If you're just like, 100%. <laughs> here's this thing I made and didn't really tell anyone about like, buy it please. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, a hundred percent. And I think those are, I have the more that I've stepped into an educator role. And now that's what I'm doing. Primarily the pickier I've gotten with who I let educate me. And as that's continued, I feel like there are a lot of people that I really valued in the beginning that now I'm like, I kind of see their work differently. And I see it because I'm not really seeing from them how much work they're putting into it is the point I'm trying to make is that like, I like hiring educators where I see how much of their soul goes into their education. Like there, I think is a really fine balance between like from an education standpoint specifically like talking about how much money you make versus how much passion you put into your projects and that's one thing that mm-hmm. as I've become an educator as well I I think I the, the the curtain has kind of been pulled back on other educators where I'm like It's cool that you talk about how much money you make, because you're going to teach us how to make money. But I also want to see like, where's the passion? Like, where's the passion for the teachings? Where's the passion for the craft? Because I want to make sure that your soul is in what I'm purchasing from you. And I think that applies to Literally, any sort of service provider, shop, brand, whatever is like, we want soul in the things that we're buying. We don't want, like, there's a reason we don't really want to buy from Bezos anymore. (laughs) Like, he has enough money and he doesn't (laughs) care about anyone that buys from him or anyone that, you know, works for him. I mean, quote unquote, please don't like sue me, Amazon. But, um, yeah, we like want soul in our products. (laughs) Like, we want to see people again.
1: Yeah. And I think, that's like, that's one piece of calling myself an intuitive marketer and business coach that I take really seriously, which is like, like, because I, I feel like it can kind of sound like, Oh, like that sounds kind of like cheap and easy that you just like help people figure out what feels good, but it's like so much more than that. Right. Like I constantly educate myself on marketing techniques. I'm constantly reading marketing books so that when, a, when I have a coaching client and I have two clients right now who are very different in the way they work. And so one marketing technique and one marketing strategy might work for this business owner. But then like, I also need to have more marketing techs like techniques and strategies because I need to have stuff that's not going to work. Like someone who I have a client right now who literally loves like formulas order, um, like one, two, three, four, five steps. Right. Mm -hmm. Great. I have lots of marketing techniques that will help her thrive and help her feel really organized. Um, and then I have a client who really wants to have more, like, just like more of her. So that, that like soul, that purpose, that heart in her copywriting. And so I have very different tools for her. Like her tools are a lot more exploratory, um, journal prompts, qu- like answering questions, um, a lot more like writing heavy, but then I also need to have, so it's just like, for me, I'm like, okay. When I coach people, I am not coaching you, telling you, saying like, well, this is what worked for me. Try Mm -hmm. it for you. (laughs) I am very specific on getting to know you, getting to know like how you work, what makes you feel great? What makes you feel not so great so that we can find a marketing process that makes you feel really confident. Um, and brings in money. Right. Cause that's like the most important thing it's it's. And so for me, it's like, okay, like, how do we make this work for you? Here's how I did it, but this might work better for you. Um, and just really helping guide my clients into something that feels really, really great and easy for them versus like being like, you need eight sales funnels. And like, that's great for one person, but like eight sales funnels might make one of my clients want to like jump in front of a bus you know yep. mm-hmm. and like
0: <laughs> I love that because I think that's also that's how I, I approach my coaching in the beginning as well as I'm like okay so what sounds fun because the more mm-hmm. you resent things, I'm like, when I try to do things in my business that I don't like, I don't do them very well because I don't like them. (laughs) Like they're not going to be done like the best way just because I don't have good energy going into them. Like I don't love building email funnels. So I have my assistant do it. And I think that's one of the, like the most integral things like you're saying is I'm like, you don't have to do them all at once. Just choose the ones. That really feel good because there's a million ways to make money in your business. And like, I don't want to make money in a way that felt like I was pulling out my own teeth in order to make it like, I don't want to stretch myself into a ton of stress. Like I don't want to feel really icky when I'm trying to make my money. I want to feel good. I want to feel like I'm having fun. And so when you're kind of leading people into this world of intuitive marketing, cause like we kind of talked about in the beginning, I think we're overwhelmed with how many things we're supposed to be doing in our businesses. Like I'm like, I log into Instagram and I'm sure you're the same. I see like 30 different ads for 30 different <laughs> things they should be doing. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, Oh, where do I start? This is insane. How do I get all of this done in a day? How do you kind of start people along the process of rewiring their brain and perspective that they like can just do what feels fun? Like when you've been so overwhelmed for so long, how do you kind of get back to this place where your intuition lies? Like, how do you
1: start finding out what feels good? Honestly, I think I kind of think sometimes you have to just like take a break Like if you're really at a point in your business where marketing feel like you just feel like you're drowning and overwhelmed in marketing, then honestly, what I, and this is exactly what I would have advised for a client of mine is like, let's take a two or more week break from Instagram or from email marketing, whatever marketing channel is overwhelming you. If it's, if it's all of them, all of them, I can tell you from experience. I have, I have disappeared on Instagram for like six to eight weeks and my business has survived. What's more important is like that you get really quiet and really like tune into yourself and figure out like what you need first. Like, um, do you need more sleep? Do you need more free time? Do you need to like go and do something really fun? Do you need to like book a solo trip, do something like spontaneous and just like literally get out of your everyday scenery so that you can like hear yourself think again. Um, I did this last year in May After I literally like built and launched my first course ever in like six weeks, I was just like, what is life? That was so overwhelming with no childcare in a pandemic. What was I thinking? And I literally took an entire month off and had the most clarity. But I think that if you're super overwhelmed and burnt out, right, you have to find that quiet space and kind of like detox from it a little bit before diving in. And then once you kind of feel like you're in this place, like where you've had a chance to hear yourself, you've had a chance to really, truly tune into like what makes your heart sing. Then you can start making decisions about like, I'm quitting Instagram. I don't want to do email marketing anymore. There are plenty of like businesses. Let's take Kinsey Madsen for an example. Like she, like, she like for the most part, I'm pretty sure she copies Instagram captions and throws them in an email. You mm-hmm. could do that. If that feels easy for you. Oh, I sometimes I do the opposite. That.
0: Yeah. I'm like, yeah. now that she, like, once she shared that, I was like, oh, why don't I do that? Yeah. Like when I don't want to send out an email that week, I know I have great content in my Instagram. Let's just make it as easy as possible.
1: Yeah. And I think like the thing with that is like, number one, not everybody is seeing your Instagram post. So, and then if they do get it twice, there's the, the marketing rule of seven, which is People need to read the same exact marketing message seven times before it really clicks and they really get it. And they really connect with it to like, go even go to your website. So Mm -hmm. it's actually a good thing to kind of like repeat good content. That's the other thing with my clients. I'm like, you don't have to think of like a fresh, brand new groundbreaking piece of marketing content every single day. Like I reuse captions that do well all the freaking time or like A graphic that did really well, I'll just do it in like a different design. Boom. It also does really well. Like, it's okay to repurpose content. It's actually kind of a good thing um, because you do need to like drive home those same messages. And like, one of the things I have my coaching clients do is make what I call an evergreen marketing document. It's basically like, what are the evergreen marketing messages that we want to get across every single month? Like, how do we bring your mission statement in? Like, once a week to Instagram or email marketing, like, how are we getting this in your website? So there, there's this like evergreen document where like, if you're sitting there being like, wow, like, like, I really feel like I need to like post to Instagram today to like keep my business running. You can just pull from the stock, like no stress in a Google doc, copy and paste it. And so I think like just really recognizing what is going to feel good and fun. Like I have, I have a girl who's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks who like made the decision to only shoot in black and white. Whoa. So she's huge. Oh my God. Right. I was like, okay. Um, she's photographed me before. And I was like, you have to come on my podcast and talk about this because I just never heard of anyone doing this. And I just think it's the coolest thing. And I just like, I mean, people are booking her for weddings, knowing that She's only shooting in black and white.
0: Wow. That's incredible. And I mean, such a testament too that, like, there's a client for literally
1: anything you're passionate about. And I think the thing is, is that the way she talks about black and white photography, like, like I'm going to do an all, like, I'm going to do a black and white maternity session with her. Cause like the way she talks about it, literally she's so passionate about it. And she's so connected to it that she just like makes you want to like live in her like genius black and white world. Like, it's just. It's really incredible when you just really get quiet and you say, this is what I really want and I'm going to declare it.
0: I love that. Things it happen. It is so powerful. Yeah. It's well, and I was even thinking today, I posted on my stories um, yesterday, two days ago, something about like, if someone could take a magic wand and fix something in your business right now, what would it be? And so I thought people, about that one for a long time. I was like, <laughs> like I am like no. Oh, minds. What do people say? (laughs) So the number one, like the biggest thing was was ideal clients that they want people who are passionate about their work. And what has just been living in my brain rent free Mm -hmm. lately is I'm like, people will not be passionate about your work if you're not even passionate about your work. The more you water it down, the more you just like refuse to bring in all of this passion and like refuse to bring in like who you are as a human, like you can't expect your clients to be super passionate about it. If you're not even passionate about it. And so I think we uh-huh. talk ourselves out of it so often. Cause it is scary. I'm like, Jesus, I can't even imagine how scary it was to be like, I don't shoot any color photos. That's <laughs> so wild. Like that's terrifying. But like the people that hire her now, like, look at how you just talked about her. Like yep. that is how we want our clients to talk about us where they're just like, I can't go with
1: anyone else. Cause like, I need this from them specifically. Yeah. And I think here's the thing, um, for me, because I, uh, I have literally like, I can think of like maybe one or two clients that I've had photography wise or business coaching that have been not ideal. I have, had zero issues attracting my dream clients pretty much from the start of my business. And I think one of the reasons is, is you, you do have to embrace this attract and repel marketing. You need to make like strong, you have to have strong opinions on what you're passionate about. You have to have a unique point of view. If, if you want to call in a very specific kind of client, if you are a wedding photographer, who's like, I just want to get paid. And I just want to like shoot 30 weddings a year, get paid, go home. Cool. You don't need to do that. But if, but if you want to call in these clients that literally make you like jump out of bed in the morning, then you have to get so specific, um, on who you're talking to and how you talk to them. And like the words you talk that the words you use, when you talk to them, I actually, just sat down to do this today because I really want to call in this like higher level entrepreneur for coaching. And I'm like, okay, I can't talk to her the same way I talk to my current clients. I have to like totally rewire my brain and figure out like, what words is she using? Like, what problems is she coming into in her business? How can I meet her there and help her? So like, I regularly, like every three months I'm thinking about like, who is my ideal client? Has like, am I at a higher level and wanting to like call like a different type of client in and just being like laser focused and so specific in how I'm speaking to them. That is like, like whatever, like you can have the most beautiful images. If you're not speaking to your ideal client the right way, everything else falls flat. A
0: hundred
1: percent. I love that. People get afraid. I think people get nervous and afraid to have a strong point of view because they're like, well, then not everyone will want to book me. Right. But like, that's literally how you weed out the people who aren't your dream clients.
0: Oh yeah. If you want to have ideal clients, you want to have dream clients. You have to fall in love with the fact that you're going to repel people. It like, they cannot coexist. Like this idea of having a ton of people hire you and also having all of them be ideal clients. Like you have to get very comfortable with the fact that you are not for everyone.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the examples I used recently when I was, when I was talking about this, this like having this unique point of view is for me in like email communication to clients, when I talk to them on the phone, I made things very clear. So I was like, I am not a details photographer. I will get a great shot of your invitation, but I will spend the least amount of time I possibly can, because what I, what I want to show up and get for you is like you laughing with your best friend. You, like your dad crying when he sees you. Like these, this is what I photograph and this is how I do it. And this is how I want to show up. Like I'll get you classic, easy, but like that's not my focus. So -hmm. if you want like highly stylized invitation suites, I am not your photographer. And that way, like I literally, every single time my client knew exactly the photographer I was. And I wasn't afraid to be specific because I knew that like, Why would I want to shoot a wedding that had a shit ton of details? That would like bore me to tears. I'm the same. (laughs) I
0: always tell people, I'm like, I am not a detail girl. Like that was just never my thing. I wanted humans in front of my camera. And I think, Like flat lays kill me Yeah, flat lays as soon as it's flat lay time. (laughs) This is literally my least favorite part of the day is flat lay time. I did not enjoy it at all when I was shooting weddings. And, but I think that's why it's so, like you said, it's like, it's so important that you say that because then people who want that don't come to you. And the people that want humans, they want this connection in front of their lens. know to come to you. You have people that are really connecting with what you connect with.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, I have, I have a wedding photographer, client, um, coaching client right now who loves to shoot details. And I'm like, cool. Like, let's like, let's figure out. She's like, I always get bummed when there isn't enough. And I'm like, that sounds crazy, but like, let's figure out how we can like educate your wedding clients to like bring more stuff for you. Like, let's get a cool checklist. Let's like, give them inspiration ideas on like, things they could bring for you. So that like, when you show up, you're so excited to like shoot their details and like, Mm -hmm. how do we create this and like, make this more of an experience for them so that they feel connected. Cause like there are 100 million percent brides who's like, who spend like an entire year curating these details and you better believe they want them beautifully photographed. Right. Mm -hmm. Those were not my clients, but they totally exist. (laughs) Um, and so just declaring, like, and if you, if you're listening and you feel like you've never like worked with your dream client, I feel like it's easy. If you feel like you have worked with your dream client, cause you can basically like literally think of them and like write Instagram captions, like you're writing to them or write marketing emails, like you're writing to them. Um, but like one of the things I have my clients do when they do ideal client work is think of like, what does your dream, like, what is your dream testimonial? from a bride. Mm -hmm. Right. And then like, how do we figure, like, how do we figure out how we can include some of those things and like make your customer experience, like even like more amazing. I love Um, that. I think
0: that's a great perspective, honestly, to think of the testimonial standpoint and work backwards from there.
1: Yeah. And there's also, there's a great, um, little, like, I don't think it's a Ted talk. I think it's just like a random TV interview I watched like a hundred years ago. But with the, um, with one of the co-founders of Airbnb, where he talks about like, when they are thinking about bringing out a new product, they do this exercise where it's like, okay, what's our five-star experience. And they're like, you know, like people it's like, it's, it's easy to get into the Airbnb. The Airbnb is super clean. There's like a handwritten note from the host and like, um, like a snack board and like a bottle of wine. Right. That's like the five-star experience. And then he's like, okay, what's the six-star And they're like, oh, well maybe the host like meets them there and like gives them this whole rundown on like the area and where to go and whatever. And then they do a seven star, eight star, nine, 10, 11. And they keep, they basically keep going. And so I have my clients do this exercise where like money is not like you have billions of dollars. You get to make this amazing client experience, like going big. And then like, you often get this inspiration where you would have never thought to do something. And like, even though it's this like, Like, I think when he gets to the 11-star experience, it's like a private jet comes to get you and takes you to your Airbnb. Amazing. Um, The dream. But you can – yeah, right? But you can totally get these little inspiration sparks that can turn into real-life things that you would have never thought about if you didn't give yourself, like, the total, like, imaginative freedom to think.
0: that's incredible. And dream. Yeah. I love that. Ooh, okay. So if we could (laughs) – Close out this like introduction This is also kind of deep dive though, into intuitive marketing. Like if you could leave people who are feeling overwhelmed, who are feeling so stressed and burnt out and just feeling like they need to do all the things and they just need that to change. Like if you could leave them with
1: one piece of advice, what would that be? Oh, um, I forget what I said on our last podcast was, was it this, um, I would just say you're allowed to change your mind. You have full permission to change your mind. Like, I'll never forget. I had this one moment. I I think it was when I was launching the Instagram course. And I had set a date for myself. And I am somebody who, like, I work really great with deadlines, like, to a fault. And I was talking to my husband. I was like, but, like, oh my gosh, I have so much to do before this launch. And he was like, hey, like, can't you just move it? And I was like, holy shit, I am the business owner, (laughs) I am the boss. I can actually just move it. Like I hadn't even told, like there was no public facing date. Like I had told no one, I had just put the pressure on myself. (laughs) And my husband was like, why don't you just push it out? So you have more time. And I, like, I literally didn't think about that. And so I think like the, the other thing is, is like, if you're feeling so overwhelmed, just remember that you're the freaking boss. You started a business to have freedom and you get to be like, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to hit, a, I'm going to hit the pause button. I'm going to change my mind. And I'm not going to do this piece of marketing because it's just, it's not feeling connected anymore. Like I had, um, I was doing like really great with email marketing for six months and then I just felt disconnected to it. So I stopped and now I feel reconnected to it. So now I'm like back doing it differently. You're the freaking boss, like make your own rules. You're allowed to change your mind and you're allowed to do what feels good. Cause like, why else did we become our own business owners? If we were just Ugh. going to like put ourselves through the like corporate rat race Yes, and then oh have gosh. everything fall on us. Yep. <laughs> like, I, literally
0: <laughs> reco- I recorded something about this right before I hopped on the call. Like I'm like, you did not become your own boss to be the worst boss you've ever had. Like, why yeah. would you do that? That was literally the yeah. antithesis of why we did that. So I love that advice. I'm like, I need that advice. I constantly have to have those heart to hearts yeah. with myself where I'm like, Eden, Like no one's making you do this by this point or right now or today or in this way. Like you get to change your mind on literally anything because you make the rules.
1: Yeah. And I think um, there's another experience I just had that I think think could be helpful for people to hear. And that's like, I'm, I'm co-creating a mastermind with a friend and we launched it and we had crickets. And instead of like we, we like soft launched it. So we launched it to our email list and our private Facebook groups. And instead of going like, no, well, like that's it. Nobody wants this. We, we failed. We should never do this again. I was like, you know what? We've got to change it. We've got to like figure out, like, we've just got to like rework it. Let's like connect with the people. Let's send out a survey. Let's see like where we're like missing the connection piece here. Mm -hmm. And like We'll just relaunch it again in a different way that will probably feel more aligned. And so I think like, just try not to get like discouraged when something doesn't work instantly and always have this attitude of like, okay, I didn't fail. It's just, it's just not right yet, but I will get there. It will be right. It will click. Um, and you will make it happen as long as you don't quit. That's like my favorite thing. It's like, in order to like start your own business, you have to just start and never give up.
0: Yep. I love that. And I think it's also important to just share (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I feel like it's important for people to know that like, not everyone has a successful launch every time. Like we have all launched stuff that fell flat on its face. Like I have launched things where I was like, Oh my gosh, like what is going (laughs) on? Like that was awful. (laughs) Like it happens to everyone. Like it's so normal. Not everything is a raging success. And like you said, I think it's important that I know when I've launched stuff that hasn't done well, I'm just like, okay, where exactly did this fall flat? Like, what was yeah. it about it that did not connect with people? And how can I create something better
1: that people need clearly more than they needed this? Yeah. And I think like, uh, it's with launching, it's so funny to me because like, I very effortlessly attract clients, with pretty much like I, all I do is create content. And like, this is the other thing that was like this breakthrough for me last year is like, when I am creating content that just like, I feel connected to, I feel passionate about like the clients just come. What Mm -hmm. I am trying to figure out with a lot of trial and error is what is a, what feels good to me in launching? Because I've tried other people's ways of launching and they do not work for me. (laughs) So like, so much of business is trial and error. And I think it's so hard when we see people who we think are like overnight successes who do like hundred K launches, those people have launched dozens and dozens and dozens of times before they hit a hundred K launch. Maybe there's like some unicorn that did it on their first try and like, cool for them. That's awesome. But like, just know that there are so many successful people who have literally failed dozens of times before they like hit a big mm-hmm. and Yeah just never, never give up, keep tweaking, keep launching. I'm going to keep doing it. I'll keep doing it until I get it right. Or until someone tells me to just stop. I don't know. I don't know how long I'll do it before, but like, like something will click. I just know it will, because it's always worked out that way for me just I the pure like persistence. Amazing.
0: I love this. I'm like, <laughs> I needed this episode. I'm going to go back through it. Take some notes. I always <laughs> just love talking to you. Um, can you refresh people's memories? Obviously we'll show or we'll link everything in the show notes, but can you refresh everyone's memories on where to find you on all the things?
1: Yes. I am Casey Crow Taylor, pretty much everywhere. I think Casey Crow Taylor.com and then Casey Crow Taylor on Instagram. Perfect.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Casey, for coming on again. I just love, honestly, I'm like, we could have just had a chat. This
1: doesn't even have to go on the podcast. I would have been so excited and (laughs) fulfilled. So thank you. Thank you. This was so fun. I know. I just love talking to you and watching all of your amazing, all the amazing things that you're doing. Like it's the best. Your photos kill me every time you post it. I'm just like, oh my God, this girl's going to take over the world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Stop. I feel
0: the same about you. So thank you so much for coming on, sharing all these nuggets of wisdom. As always, I'm like, you just share so many helpful things. So thank you so much for being on and thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.